satanic panic. We're going to be discussing the term and also whether or not there truly is evil out there or is all of this stuff that we talk about just simply that, satanic panic. And the term was originally derived from people talking about satanic ritual abuse that may or may not have been taking place, but now in our modern time is typically used to describe anyone who would say that Satan is working through the sons of disobedience in order to keep people from the kingdom of God. The Good Fight Radio Show. And to discuss this very important topic is none other than the president and founder of Good Fight Ministries and pastor of Blessed Hope Chapel in Simi Valley, California, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Uh, very important show, Chad. Uh, I was uh, one of the guys in the 1980s pointing a lot of this stuff out, you know. Uh, but we were the folks with the footnotes, so I never made these outlandish statements that many people made, which actually the enemy used for misdirection, and we'll talk about that, uh, to get people off of what was really going on. So it's important that we discuss what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that is really important, exactly what you're saying, because a lot of people hear the terminology, and sadly enough, I, you know, I praise God, I've been able to work at the ministry here since 2012, so dealing with a lot of the emails that have come in, and you kind of get that thrown at you, you know, sometimes, and you're like, well, no, as you mentioned, there's there's footnotes to all of this. This isn't like something like we're guessing, and we're wondering, like, maybe yeah. this is the intent of somebody when they say it themselves. I think that's the most important thing. And and this should be for every believer is those who truly love God, that love rejoices in the truth. So whatever you're sharing should be the truth. We aren't um, Islamic. We don't want to try to convert people through tahiyya and through dishonesty. We want to try to bring people to Christ while showing them and exposing Amen. the true unfruitful works of darkness. And Jesus said, no bad tree can bear good fruit. So if you're going to be doing this, make sure you are accurate in what you are saying because... If you're not accurate in this, how do you expect people to believe you when you're sharing the gospel? And I think that's a good starting point. And that's critical because what the enemy's really gotten, you know, you'll get, you probably, you know, you've seen them, you get two types of emails on uh, two extremes. One is denial that there's anything spiritual going on. And, you know, all these kids that have turned to Wicca and witchcraft and Satanism uh, has nothing to do with what the Bible says. And the Bible's really not the word of God. And this is all a big coincidence. Or you have the other extreme, you know, every time you see any symbol, the person is a, a, a member of the Illuminati, card-carrying member of the Illuminati because of just maybe one little thing here or there. Uh, certainly when we talk, you know, somebody, you, you have total, uh, you know, uh, people that are just way out there. They'll say, like, whatever position you are in, you must be some kind of member of the Illuminati. And they'll swear that, you know, uh, you know Michael Jackson was really a girl or Britney Spears was is really a man. And, and, and uh, you know, Megan Fox, the man, and all these different things. And you'll see that a lot. And we'll see that uh, <clears throat> basically pointed out over and over again. What happens is people look at that, and then they write off those who profess to be, uh, you know, exposing real things that you can actually document. And I encourage our, our you know, our brothers and sisters, and we praise God. We have nearly, by the grace of God, nearly, you know, almost going pretty soon on 200,000 subscribers. And pretty, most people are pretty, you know, in the pocket. Hey, this is what the Word of God says. This is what we can prove. This is what's going on. That's very, very powerful. That's very, very effective. But at the same time, I want to caution our brothers and sisters, be really careful not to say things that you think this might be that and think this might be this. When you have so much evidence of what actually is taking place, that's what we like to focus on. That way people can't set, don't have to second guess. They're like, wow, the Bible says this and this is actually happening. You know? Yeah, I think that is a really important uh, case to be made. You know, And you know what's interesting is when we even look at 
Oh, man, even in court cases, you know, you have investigators who the guy did it. Like, he's going to get convicted, and then they try to oversell their case, and a lot of times they can even add evidence that's not really there to try to make sure they get that conviction. And that's not something we want to do as believers, and I think that happens a lot of times, as you mentioned. I can't tell you how many emails. Well, you're just not getting all the way to the truth because if you really understood this, you know that they're actually lizard people. And then because you're not understanding this and because they took a screenshot of your hand in some form while you were pointing, oh, we have them. We got them. We found them. They're actually part of the lizard people too. And then everyone's a lizard person except for them. And truly, it actually swings so far on the other side that you end up doing an absolute, I mean, honestly, doing a complete disservice to the gospel. And, and not only a disservice, you start pointing people away that are swayed away. And I think that some of these people, and I'm not saying this is everybody, there are a ton of people who are really earnestly trying to find things. And some people have found things that, you know, maybe, oh, I don't know if I agree with that, but maybe you found something there. But to those who are doing that, a lot of times they are actually hindering the gospel from being presented. They are actually hindering people from coming to learn from people that love Jesus and want to share the truth of what his word says. And Joe, yeah. I think that that's important. And one of the things, and, and one of the reasons I think it's important to talk about this from Good Fight Ministries perspective is so that you guys can hear it uh, where you've stood, especially because you would have been lumped up completely in this group. And now it's coming back. And there's, there's a whole modern kind of situation going on, I think for a number of reasons. And I'm just, this is somewhat opinion based, but just from monitoring social media and some of the things that are going on, there are a ton of people that are exposing some of the wickedness that is going on. And some of the stuff is actually being exposed. And people are like, well, why is this all going on? I think, and we obviously we're trying not, not to mess up algorithms here, but I think that with everything that happened in 2020, a lot of people, and this is from sharing the gospel on the streets, Joe, I know it's as true for you as well. Are people seeing the wickedness out in the world? And they're saying there has to be something. Like there has to be something out there because why is everyone doing this? Why is why are all these things going to this? Why does Epstein? Why did Epstein exist and and so forth? And they're like, well, what's going on? You know. And so I think that the enemy, just like he did in the eighties and so forth, has done a wonderful job of putting also people like I'm sorry, name some names like guys like Bob Larson out there who make a travesty of anyone that is actually sharing the truth and exposing wickedness. And then they can just simply say, oh, look, they're all just like this guy who's charging people to cast out demons via Zoom, right? Yeah. Or whatever, you know, kind of stuff that they're going through. And Joe, in a modern culture, like I said, I think that they're trying to make, they're doing, a, the enemy is working through the sons of disobedience, as was quoted earlier in Ephesians 2.2. 2. And when you look at it and you see, a very popular show, Joe, Stranger Things, season four. Almost the entire premise behind season four was directly related to this idea of satanic panic. And they're just playing Dungeons and Dragons and they're just the Hellfire Club, Joe. And one thing I think is important for us to point out, Joe, and I, I'd love for you to speak to this because we have so many people that maybe are seeing that and so forth, and they will try to muddy the waters and say, well, anytime anyone is coming out against what's going on here or there, they're really just hurting the feelings of these clubs that want to get together and play the game of Dungeons and Dragons or whatever it may be. And sadly enough, when you see it over and over and over again, it, it just seems like they're perpetuating this 
to try to switch the goalpost a little bit and say, look, this is actually what's going on. And when people are exposing it, oh, actually, it's just because they're crazy and they just don't like anything unless it says Jesus or something. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this whole thing, along with what you're saying, is that there's such misdirection going on. Uh, sometimes people come off. Sometimes I think there's just trolls out there, uh, and they just make Christians just look like, you know, we believe the strangest things, no pun intended. But in the Stranger Things episode, it you know, the whole thing was, yeah, belonging to these this club and, and so forth, and therefore they must be Satanists and so forth. And, and what they do is it's just propaganda. So all these people watching Stranger Things are like, oh, yeah, anything that has to do with the satanic panic, because Satan's been exposed, you know. The Bible actually commands us, as we use a verse very calmly, uh, 5.11, Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So anybody exposing evil, you know, how does Satan get away from that? Well, he tries to create misinformation and misdirection and state, well, you know, it's almost like this, Chad. It's like, what if you said, you know, Hitler's a Nazi, you know, and the Nazis have nefarious plans. And uh, they're connected to reading occult literature like the Theosophy by Madame Blavatsky. Madame Blavatsky said that Satan is the savior. All that stuff's true, by the way, you know, the, the Thule Society and so forth. Uh, and the, the swastika was, you know, all these different things have their roots in uh, es different esoteric teachings. But then you say, but then, so you're saying things that are true. Hey, watch out for the Nazis. I think they want to kill a bunch of Jewish folks and so forth. And, and somebody else says, oh, and SS stands for sons of Satan, you know? And then somebody proves SS doesn't really stand for sons of Satan within Nazism. Oh, therefore, everything you're saying is wrong. Therefore, the Nazis are perfectly tame. Hitler's a good guy. and Don't even be concerned about him. And that's how Satan's done this with regard to Satanism and the occult. You can't throw the truth out with uh, the reality, uh, with, with, with a, a you know, twisting of reality. And I think that's important. And in the 1980s, and that's when I was exposing from the very early 80s, I mean, 81 onward, uh, I was exposing Satanism. I was one of the uh, main guys out there doing exposés like, you know, they sold their souls uh, for the, uh, rock and roll. Actually, it was rock and roll sources of the New Age Revolution, as it was titled in the, in the mid-80s and so forth. And I was exposing a lot of this stuff, you know. And we'll get to an example. You'll see why I use the whole SS thing later, because something actually takes place. Very similar thing takes place with regard to the charge of satanic panic. And yeah, people can go overboard. Uh, and we have all kinds of things going on with Islam right now, right? Should we just stick our heads in the ground because some things are inflated? And actually, things in our country are being deflated when you look at the, you know, uh, you know, the squad, you know, uh, and so forth. And a lot of what they're doing and, and actually some of them, it seems as though they were even cheering on uh, what Hamas had done and butchering, you know, all these people, you know, uh, that's based on the various reports that have come out. So it's interesting when you look at this in 1983, you had the McMartin preschool case. Here in California, so this was all around us where, you know, I, I was born out here and I passed out here. So you had the McMartin deal and uh, there were accusations of underground tunnels and kids seeing witches flying and, you know, occult, you know, or, you know, hot air balloons, people flying in them and all these underground tunnels and so forth. And uh, Chuck Norris was even accused by one kid of being in on this, which is, I believe, pretty ridiculous, you know. Uh, actually, he came to one of my presentations in the 1980s, 80s before and this he became a Christian. the one we're going to have a video of later, Joe. Yeah, of I the presentation, but yeah. Chuck, Moore, Chuck Norris went to one of them uh, yeah. before he became a believer. I'd like to hope that God used that in his life. But it's interesting, they weren't able to find any underground tunnels and with the Mark case, but there were like 100 or so uh, nurseries, uh, you know, preschools, I should say, that were being implicated as part of this huge satanic cabal. 
So what happens, you see, well, wait, this was just way overboard. And the prosecutors were getting a lot of the uh, attention in the California media and so forth until, you know, when how many kids were actually molested, how many weren't, it's hard to actually know. But what we do know is this. This doesn't mean that there's not guys like Jeffrey Epstein out there uh, truly working uh, in, in, in uh, you know, with top politicians have been implicated and on his list of those who had visited uh, this island, you know, uh, you know, and flown on his jet. And we don't have time to get into that, but I exposed that years before it actually came out. And then it came out and then he was actually busted and, uh, th you know, thrown in prison where uh, he supposedly killed himself. Uh, anyway, it's quite interesting when you look at this because uh, now nobody disagrees that Epstein was working with a lot of, you know, rich people, people in high finance and and uh, politicians and so forth, and that they were molesting children and so forth. So we, we want to make sure we don't stick our heads in the ground, and that's what a lot of the media does. Yeah, I think that that is a really important thing because, and and Joe, and we did a documentary on Epstein. You did that years before, at least quite a few months at the very least, before anyone, most people knew who he was. And a lot of people were like, oh, 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 and then all of a sudden it comes out, and you're, everyone's like, well, hey, this has been talked about already. Like people that have not kept their heads in the sand knew that this kind of thing was going on. And it wasn't like, oh, this is all just conspiratorial, right? This is all just conspiracy nonsense. It was true. And that's what's Absolutely. really interesting is we have found over and over again, those very things that people mocked others for exposing have proven to be true over and over again. It keeps getting really weird out there. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be a surprise to us, but it also shouldn't be a surprise to us that when actual people are being exposed, that let's just, let's get your attention over here. Stop looking at that and let's look at this big, giant, flashy green thing over here and let's get people away from what's actually going on. Because the entire point of all this is to say, look, there is a need for salvation. I mean, that is what this is all for. That's why we are doing this. There is a need. And the only thing that is going to fix any of this is not a politician. In fact, there may be a political leader at some point that's going to promise uh, peace and safety and maybe even sign a seven year plan and that, you know, that there's going to yeah. be peace and then break it off in the middle. And I think a lot of people need to be understand that through scripture. And that ultimately, when it comes to all these lies, that's where you're going to recognize um, you know, the, the holy from the profane by, by just reading through God's word and understanding what's going on. And so, so Joe, I do think that you have a lot to express because I wasn't, I was around, but I was pretty young when all the satanic panic kind of stuff was going on. And you're mentioning these cases and, you know, some of the stuff. So I'm sure even on your end, you know, you've had to deal with it a lot more than I have rather than the more modern trope, uh, that is given to anybody expressing like, Hey, these artists, Joe, openly express this. And now, and, and praise God, Joe, we just are finishing, and it comes out in the morning, our uh, mini documentary on the law of attraction, yeah. on manifesting. You have to check that out, guys. Please, tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., check it out. Um, it was awesome. I, I watched it again this morning, Joe. Uh, some of the takes that you had on there were awesome, and then also... Um, some of the portion, which if you guys haven't seen Marvel and DC's War on God, specifically the one on Doctor Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the Multiverse of Satanism, it's going to be a nice long clip in there from that uh, video that you guys are going to get to check out. 
And and so hopefully it will encourage you to also check that out as well because I think tomorrow's mini documentary that we have coming out on that, and that's going to be part one. We're going to have an entire part two. That's more for sharing the gospel, by the way. So if that's what you're into, make sure you're sharing it. And then the following one uh, will be how it's entered into the church. Yeah. And so um, and and Joe already answered a bunch of questions already for that part. So we're we're already excited about that. So we want to encourage you guys to check that out. But it brings up the same thing, Joe, because you were exposing. This is why I think it's really funny. We're talking about the 80s and the satanic panic and all these crazy the stuff. Irony, the irony is thick, man. And, and Joe, that was about music and their own quotations, the Beatles. You know, the entire philosophy, according to John Lennon, was do what thou wilt, right? Lester Crowley on the front cover of Sergeant Pepper's right. Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, you know, Lester Crowley, on a bust of Lester Crowley with the doors in their album. I mean, over and over again, all this stuff. But wait, Joe, there's more. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm doing an infomercial here. But wait, there's more. All the the biggest series on all the movies that everyone saw with the Avengers and everything, it all was satanic too. So, Joe, every time it seems like people want to say, oh, you know, you guys are just into satanic panic, it just comes right to their doorstep. Yeah, and here's the really incredible irony. Uh, while a lot of the media uh, is, you know, blowing the whistle, satanic panic, satanic panic, uh, the crazy thing is much of the media is involved, you know. Uh, you know, they just they they basically wave the you know the fanfare of all these pop stars and these stars that are often involved in the occult. And it's interesting. Part of this so called satanic panic, and I'd been exposing it for years. In 1987, Geraldo Rivera he had one of the top uh, talk shows at the time, and uh, he had a talk. Sh- uh, one of his uh, series was called Devil Worship, exposing Satan's underground. And uh, the crazy thing about it, there's more irony here too, because he would invite you know Lieutenant Colonel Aquino who led the Temple of Set, which was a satanic outfit, Set being the dark Satan of, of Egyptian, uh, you know, religion. Uh, and then he interviewed, like, Zena LaVey, the daughter of Anton LaVey, the head of the Church of Satan. And while they would do this, uh, do these interviews, they would dumb down Satanism. they say, well, we're not really Satanist, you know, and so forth. And he actually gave them, which I thought was incredible, he actually gave them a platform to make Satanism sound intelligent as though, you know, uh, you know, we're basically humanists, you know, trying to reach our potential and so forth. When we've done an article, and if you haven't seen the article, I think uh, you should check it out. Uh, it's called The Truth Behind Satanic Cults. And in that article, I wrote that, I don't know, man, maybe 20 years ago or so, 15 years ago or so. And I quote Anton LaVey. I quote Lieutenant Colonel Kuno. I show where they were actually giving a dumbed-down form of Satanism, but really, truly, it appears from their quotes, uh, do believe in, in Satan in some way. And uh, I give a lot of quotations pointing out that, that, you know, in a book called Lucifer Rising, written by a Satanist, he quotes a bunch of Satanists, but he's interviewing Anton LaVey. And Anton LaVey says, you know what, I couldn't say everything because if I said everything that we were doing, I wouldn't be able to recruit people. So it was kind of a seeker-sensitive form of Satanism that he promoted. But I interviewed Susan Atkins. She, I went to the prison where she was at before she died, many years before she died, with my wife, Lisa. We interviewed her uh, more than once. And when we interviewed her, she was implicated for more murders than anybody else in the Manson family, nine of them. And uh, she professed to have come to Christ. And our interviews, they're pretty amazing because she would talk about, of course, you know, Anton LaVey was a Satanist, you know. She said, of course, we had true sacrifices. She said, I would go in, I went into his house when I first got recruited. And she, by the way, was working for Anton LaVey before that in the Church of Satan, by the way, in San Francisco. She finds her way not far from where I live uh, over there in Susanna Pass, Susanna, uh, Santa Susanna Pass area, just uh, in the same town that I live in. Uh, just on the outskirts of this town. And 
she said the first time that uh, she she was mesmerized by Manson because he literally played her favorite song. She came up to her and started singing. She was convinced he was possessed later because she said it wasn't a song that all the hippies were into. It was a Bing Crosby song, and there's no way he could know. And I and it was my song, and I didn't want to admit it to other hippies, you know. And she sucked me in, and she ended up killing nine people for Manson. And uh, there's been dozens of murders that the the Manson family committed. But she said that when she went into his home, there were he showed her these. He opened up the refrigerator, and there were jars of blood that were part of their sacrifices. Now I don't know if they're sacrificing animals or humans or doing makeshift fake sacrifices or what, but I do know this. Uh, they were truly Satanists, and she said, "Of course, we were Satanists." You know, and other others that have, that were closer to Anton Lavey had mentioned have, have come out uh, and involved in Satanism have, have mentioned the same things. So I think it's interesting when you look at all this. Uh, what's really going on behind it is there is a there is a lot of debauchery and a lot of true Satanism. But the irony is this: the Bible says in Revelation chapter thirteen that the entire world will worship the dragon. That's Satan, who gives his power because they worship the beast. He gives his power to the beast. Uh, in the end, before Christ comes back, the entire world comes against Christianity, comes against Israel, which we can see happening now in, in, in many ways, uh, and comes against Christ. And the Antichrist blasphemes God in heaven, and the world follows him. So it shouldn't be any shock that that the mass media and mainstream media does his bidding. First of all, keep in mind, it's not like a lot of uh, journalists even know what's going on. The Bible says the natural man does not receive the things of the Holy Spirit, you know? So they're typically spiritually blind at the truth of the spiritual reality that's going on. But it was interesting, Chad, you mentioned that a lot of people, are their eyes are opening because they're seeing that there's a spiritual component to the great evil that's taking place in our nation. In fact, uh, I did a message uh, last Sunday called uh, The Islamic Antichrist and False Prophet. Uh, and we did that message and uh, I put a question mark at the end, but I went through all these different scriptures and I went through what Islam teaches and how everything's inverted. You need to check that out if you haven't seen that. Uh, it's, a, it's a blow mind. And we show it's just total, total inversion where it's as, as though Satan just took the Bible and he turned Antichrist into Christ and Christ into the Antichrist, right? And it just gets really crazy. But it's interesting when you, you, you check that out and you look at what's going on there and then you look at what's going on in the world right now and how people could cheer on Hamas for butchering babies and things like that. Uh, and university professors can cheer on Hamas and so forth. Uh, this is just the tip of the iceberg, but uh, as we get into this, we're going to see that there's more and more things that people need to realize that mass people have gotten involved in Satanism. And it's not like there's just this little tiny Satanic cult. Oh, you're going overboard, blaming all these things on this one Satanic cult. No, you're talking about literally millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people influenced by satanic music, by satanic bands, whether it's, you know, uh, you know, sometimes just pop music, and we're going to be exposing that upcoming video, rap music, or, your, you know, typical rock music, whether it's Lennon saying the whole Beatle philosophy was, you know, do what thou wilt, or, or Jimmy Page, the second biggest band ever of Led Zeppelin, uh, How's the Holy, the song, you know, uh, Robert Plant sings, is, you, are you, is your head spinning fast, are you dizzy when you're stoned? Let the music be your master. Will you heed the master's call, Satan and man? Or you have Iron Maiden, you know, in their album, you know, with, you know, the, the number of the beast singing, you know, 666, you know, the number of the beast, the one for you and me, sacrifice is going on tonight. Now we're talking about some of these bands have infected you know, hundreds, over 100 million people, you know, easy, hundreds of millions of people promoting Satanism. You think all that promotion of Satanism, these bands saying, hey, look who we're into is an accident. Well, I thought it was interesting uh, on Wikipedia's entry on Satanic Panic, 
I read this. Ultimately, no evidence of devil-worshipping cults existed in Europe at any time in its history. Really? Has anybody ever heard of Aleister Crowley? Uh, and, you know, the, his Thelema and his, his sex temple uh, there in Italy uh, and how he covered up, you know, all the depictions of these orgies that included little babies uh, and that these little babies were, uh, and Crowley writes literally, I mean, he, uh, we have, we've already documented this in the Kinsey Syndrome and elsewhere uh, that Crowley had orgies with little babies that he depicted on his walls that was covered up by the Italian government once he was kicked out of there. And that's, that's just crazy. Now, what's interesting too is Crowley taught human sacrifice. In fact, he said that he performed several sacrifices uh, uh, through his lifetime. In fact, in his book, Magic, he says this. In his book, Magic, he says of human sacrifice, quote, a male child of perfect innocence and high intelligence is the most satisfactory and suitable victim, end quote. So, you know what? Wikipedia and those who basically, it's politically correct, of course, and it's a lie. I mean, Crowley was involved in promoting human sacrifice, admitted that he'd made sacrifices. Later, he tried to say, well, really, I was talking about masturbation. I really wasn't talking about killing people. And then his, you know, Crowley people use that same lie. Uh, Crowley did uh, promote human sacrifice. And I think it's interesting too, Chad, with regard to Marilyn Manson. Uh, Marilyn Manson, because you can't legally sacrifice children, but you can legally sacrifice children mm -hmm. if they're in the womb. And since Crowley's philosophy of do what thou wilt, which was became really prominent through you know, whether, you know, through all these different rock stars, which don't have time to get into, uh, and got promoted. The duo, do what thou wilt become, do your own thing. That was a slogan in the 1960s. I was born in the early 60s. Do your own thing. If it feels good, do it. That's what do what thou wilt became from the King James to the modern English. And then guess what? Not long after that, that's Roe versus Wade. Everybody's like, yeah, it's our body. We can do what we will or, you know, do our own thing. We can kill the little babies. Now you have well over 60 million babies sacrificed either to uh, for the sake of having more wealth and not having to pay for this baby that's actually alive it has to be terminated its life has to be terminated or sacrificed sometimes in occult ways in fact it's interesting early on in Manson Marilyn Manson we're talking about a card carrying at one time card carrying member of the church of Satan he would have a woman uh, dressed up in a stage act uh, with a little baby uh, wrapped uh, a little baby in a Nazi flag you know and that was presented as a human sacrifice and it's interesting because when he had his girlfriend, Missy, uh, abort their child, look at what he states about that. I sat in the women's clinic eating a waiting room, imagining what was going on just three rooms away as the doctors put a rod the size of a matchstick with two tiny thread-like strands jutting through the top up into Missy's cervix, causing it to dilate before tearing out the brain of our child. I'm glad he's honest about that. Tearing out the brain of our child with a pair of forceps. Missy had been scared about this abortion. She was well into her second trimester. At the same time, I couldn't keep twisted, degenerated thought from crossing my mind. I wondered if she could talk to the doctor about keeping the, well, now he switches it to aborted fetus instead of our child. He wanted to keep the, the dead child that they had, you know, butchered uh, and so forth. So I think it's interesting, Chad, uh, many of them understand that, hey, we can't kill kids legally. Not that that stopped anybody. You can look at, there's been a history of child sacrifice that's taken place in our nation with people killing other people in the name of Satan, uh, killing other kids in the name of Satan. Uh, and here we have uh, the idea that, you know, uh, you can look at a child in the womb as something that you could just take home dead after you kill it, you know. 
Yeah, and I think that a lot of people, you know, could look at those situations, whatever it may be, when someone decides to end the life of their child. And, you know, when we look back and, and really understand the history of it, um, you know, the Bible is very clear in Psalm 96.5, as quoted even uh, in the Septuagint rendering, uh, the Greek translation of the Old Testament that was quoted quite often by the apostles and by Jesus himself. Um, the way that it's translated there is that the gods of the nations aren't just idols, but he says all the gods of the nations are demons. That's right. And so when the, when they were writing the New Testament to express, or I'm sorry, when they write in the Old Testament to express to their more Grecian culture, where you know Alexander has you know obviously taken over a lot of the land, a lot of people are speaking Greek, and they wanted people to know what the Bible was saying. They wanted to express that these false gods were ultimately devils. That's right. That's what they were. And so when you read of, and even if you look at some of the Talmud and, and so forth that talk about what it was like when they were sacrificing their babies to, to Moloch to or, to Baal. Or, mm-hmm. or to Baal. Demon gods. Demon gods. And what's crazy is we're talking about music, Joe, and this always gets me when I think about this. We're talking about music and we're talking about you know sacrificing children. We think like that's just crazy. But do you know that many of the commentaries say that in Jeremiah's time and so forth, what was going on was they had these drums beating. And what were they beating for? To drown (coughs) out the cries of those who were sacrificing their children. Heartbreaking. to, To Moloch. And you think today, when you ask a woman or whatever who's going, and we've gone out, and not only in this country, we were more recently not too far away in, in Thousand Oaks area, or uh, I'm sorry, the Ventura County area, Ventura specifically, outside of an abortion clinic, and um, we've been outside of other ones in other countries as well, sharing, trying to share the gospel with people there. And when you ask them why they're ending the life of their child so often, they would be the same things, sadly enough, if you actually get down to the root of it, the same reasons that somebody was aborting them before, whether it's to gain money, prosperity, uh, right. so forth. Women bragging about yeah. it, that I couldn't have had these uh, this Oscar. I would have never won this Golden Globe yeah. uh, like Michelle Williams did yeah. if I didn't end the life of my child. Uh, you have different... Uh, other you know actresses and so forth if I didn't end the life of my child I wouldn't have this some are saying if I didn't end the life of my child I wouldn't have been a great mother now and yeah. it's so uh, it's so yeah, frustrating it's and heartbreaking but it's just human sacrifice repackaged and accepted within the culture and so that's what you're seeing and so when you're seeing all this who does it ultimately come from Malik, Baal, whoever it was that they were worshipping the gods of the nations were ultimately demons and yeah. that's what was going on. And they were, while while they may be open about this, that they're doing this. And by the way, if you didn't know this, uh, if you go to the Church of Satan website, not that I tell want you to, but if you go to their website, I believe the last time I checked, they still had an exemption that they were trying to help get out for religious purposes to be able to get an abortion. Yeah. So that you could say, well, it's in a religious exemption. I'm yeah. sacrificing to Satan. Yeah. So I mean, it's still it's happening. In fact, uh, Chad, I've I've just before this show, you know, a couple of days ago, I think maybe yesterday mostly, uh, I was just starting to look at some of the metal bands, some of the death metal bands and so forth, and I thought, man, so many of these bands talk about human sacrifice. They talk about mutilating aborted babies or stillborn babies or abortions. Uh, Cradle of Filth has a song uh, called, you know, uh, Nymphometamine, and uh, they have all kinds of songs. That has over 80 million views, guys, okay? This band has hundreds of millions of views with all their videos, uh, probably over a billion, who knows, 
uh, then, you know, and many of these other bands, many of them have over 100 million views, not just collectively, some on just one video. That's a lot of fans out there. And Cradle of Filth, their song, uh, A Necrophilia, says, I know I'm, a, I'm sick as Dahmer. Now, keep in mind, Jeffrey Dahmer uh, had a makeshift altar to Satan, played Black Sabbath, you know, uh, and, and would mutilate and butcher and eat kids, right? Uh, I know I'm as sick as Dahmer did, but uh, I'm sorry. I know I'm sick as Dahmer did, but this is what I do. Uh, I'll let you sleep when I'm through. Uh, and it's interesting, Carcass in their 1980s song, uh, Symphonies. I'm trying to go back a lot to the 80s for this, mostly. Uh, 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 their Symphony of Sickness song says embryonic. Okay, we're talking about babies here. Uh, ne necropsy and devourment, okay? And the song is about, you know, eating a stillborn baby. Uh, mixing together postnatal juices, they sing. If you want to call it singing. The dead infant uses as stock and drink bile from a cup. Gulp the phlegm from the pot. Eat mucus on a saucer. Choke on embryonic clots. I mean, uh, the band's uh, Swedish uh, death metal group Bloodbath, they, they have a song called Eaten, which is about eating people. And uh, they, they sing about, quote, I finally found you, my personal slaughter, as an appetizer, I'll taste, uh, uh, I'll uh, let you taste my daughter. I was going to eat his daughter first, right? Cannibal Corpse, disgusting song. I want to say the word something blood. Uh, the whole theme of the song is necrophilia. And the lyrics are like, the smell was unbearable as I buried, as I, uh, buried her, you know? Uh, Infant Annihilator. I mean, that's, just, that's the name of a band. Infant Annihilator. Think about that, right? Entitled, one song is called Torn from the Womb. His mother's entrails pull out as and spread upon the bed. I rape her body till she turns into putrid heap. Then I remove uh, the umbilical cord. And then a death metal band aborted. Uh, and it's the name of the band's aborted, right? I mean, think about this. Nailed through her, and I can't even read that. A, a morbid uh, row of guts and gore with your mangled bowels scattered on the floor. Mayhem, very popular yeah. band. Uh, 1980s song, Chainsaw. Uh, gut blank can't even say it bury you in a slimy grave you will you will rot forever there and devourment song called a baby killer I mean it, you know not the last one I'll read slain inside the womb red and wet I tear chunks from the blank red and wet mangled unborn baby and eat the meat dripping from filthy blank stained blood soaked rotten blank infant skull exploding in my mouth okay guys this is stuff that was going a lot of this is in the 80s and we're like Extreme because we're saying, oh, we're doing, we just read their lyrics, man. And then we show all these uh, self-styled Satanists being influenced by bands that are into Satanism often, into Crowley, and they're influencing countless kids who are doing all kinds of Satanic rituals. You bet we're going to expose that, man, especially as Christians who warn that this thing, who have the Bible, which warns that this stuff would take place in the last days prior to Christ's return. And it sure is taking place. And we need to have the guts and the courage to point it out. You know, I, it's, I, I get embarrassed when I hear some of the lyrics. I used to listen to Mayhem. I used to listen to Cannibal Corpse. Um, you know, even even Cradle of Filth as well, Opeth. I mean, some of these bands, I remember Slipknot was the one that was I was so addicted to. I, their music just drew me in as a young man, uh, even prior to coming out as a full-fledged atheist. You know, and I remember having to look up because in the song, in one of their songs, he says, Contagion, and I'm sitting at the side of Satan. You know, yeah. in another song, he says, talks about 3D blasphemy, or in another song, he talks about Heretic Anthem. And I just thought it was, oh, this is just six, rebellion. Six, six. Yep. Know, right. That's Heretic Anthem. Yeah, yeah. 555, I'm 666. 
and that that's the kind of stuff that they always pushed and when you're a fan of these bands and so forth you i mean they can get away with murder you know i mean yeah. you listen to the way they talk and the things they're saying and you know there is a lot to that that concept of a lot of people you know the way that music enters the brain you know you have brain doctors saying the way it enters the brain, how it sneaks through one side to the other uh, in your more cognitive side, your more cognitive yeah. hemisphere in the brain, where if you were sitting next to somebody and they said they were going to grab an AK, a revolver, a nine, and shoot people up like Columbine and so forth, you'd be like, dude, I'm not hanging out with this guy. He's a weirdo. But all of a sudden, you know, Eminem puts Eminem, a nice yeah. uh, rhythm to it, and you're just, you know, singing it along, rapping right along, and meditating on it. And being desensitized. Absolutely. I mean, if you can sing about murdering people at Columbine, and just keep singing that song over and over again and lose sensitivity by the millions of people singing that kind of stuff. I mean, what's happened? There has been a satanic influence on you. And Eminem's admitted being having a entity. Yeah, you know? Rain Man and, and so yeah. forth. He, one he cannot get out. And it it is a it is a sad thing. And, and I'm telling you also from somebody who was into that stuff, I wasn't necessarily into rap. I was more of a, a death metal and, and so forth. You know, I, I sing Do What Thou Wilt, not knowing what it meant, you know, yeah. but singing there in at OzFest with Devil Driver there, you know, with, you know, with Slipknot and, and all this stuff. And, and, and honestly, when you come to Christ and, and you realize the things that exactly what Jesus said was true, my, the verse that I gave my life to Christ to, uh, when I was there watching they sold their souls to rock and roll is Matthew twelve thirty. Jesus said, if you're not with me, you're against me. And so when you realize that it's not just that you've been sitting on the sidelines, hanging out like, oh, I'm not really against Jesus. No, 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 you have been. And then you kind of look at what you've actually been involved. I know this is what happened to you, Joe. And I know we got a clip to play here, a couple clips to play here. And we're already 40 minutes in uh, already, Joe. I know this goes by quick. Yeah, we'll have to hit it quick. But, but we have a couple clips we want to show, show to you guys because when you're in it, you think, oh, this, that, and the other. And then you go back and look at it. And first and foremost, when I came to Christ and realized all of that stuff, I, my heart was broken yeah. that I had done that to my creator. I had done that to Praise the God one you were broken. who had died for me. You know, Jesus Christ pouring out my sins on the cross, you know, taking from the, me from the dominion of darkness into the dominion of his son. And, yeah. and it just, it broke my heart. And I know that was the, the case for you. And that's why you started doing yeah. documentaries. And, and when you watch the video, I, I, that started in the 80s. It was called Rock and Roll Source of the New Age Revolution. I've been doing that presentation since the early 80s, around 82, 83. You know, we're going away, giving away my age a little bit here because uh, I'd just become a Christian and, and I was trying to reach friends and family. I was, and the first presentations I did, live presentations, were about trying to reach the lost for Christ. And then I started getting invited to churches, and I realized, man, all these professing Christians are heavily into satanic music, and they don't even realize it. So then I started warning them to be separate about the doctrine of separation, that we're not to love the world, neither the things in the world, for all that is the world, lust of the flesh, lust the eyes, the pride of life, and the world's passed away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. And you adulteresses, James 4, 4, know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever makes himself a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So God burned in my heart to reach the lost and also to warn the flock, you know. And Chad, I was so happy when I first met you and you let me know that you'd seen they sold their souls for rock and roll. And... and we're convicted and came to Christ, and we've seen a ton of people. Many people in our audience have come to Christ through that video. So uh, we don't care what the enemy says. We know he's going to try to shake his stick at us, but we know that we're in God's hands, and we know greater is he that's in us than the he that's in the world. And if God's for us, who could be against us, that we're more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. Amen. So we just stand on the rock of Jesus, man. We are eternal in him. The enemy can 
We hurt our body, but we can't destroy our soul. Amen. So that's the beauty of it, is that we have Jesus and we've been saved by his grace, but we need to warn other people. So it's interesting, in the 1980s, Chad, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, man, uh, broke off from Black Sabbath some years earlier. Then he became, you know, Billboard, I think it was 1983 or so, called him the best vocalist in the world, which is kind of interesting. And Ozzy Osbourne was singing songs like Mr. Crowley. And I was documenting this stuff already, all these bands that were influenced by the Satan of Lester Crowley. And what do you think I'm seeing? I'm like, okay, there's... There's, uh, you know, Ozzy Osbourne singing Mr. Crowley, uh, you know, talking about how he, you know, was serving Satan, you know, uh, invoking Satan, doing his magic and all these different things. And, and it's interesting because today, and I encourage you, if you have not seen our videos on, on, on Marvel and uh, in, in War on God and, and on Doctor Strange and so forth, you need to check it out because you'll be absolutely blown away uh, because uh, we show, I mean, the top comic writers, the top, they voted every four years they vote on on a comic book review, the top fanzine site on the internet, who the top writers are, top 100. And last four years, and now this next four years, which started in January, is the same two. Uh, Grant Morrison's number two, and number one is Alan Moore. This year, number three is Stan Lee, which we're gonna do a video out, which is almost done, be out pretty soon, hopefully. Uh, but it's interesting, we show that Alan Moore uh, is a full-blown, full-blown, you know, into practicing Crowley's magic contacting demonic entities, uh, writing and being empowered by them. We show that Grant Morrison also is in a Crowley, number one and number two comic writers in the world, guys. And we show their satanic influence. We show, uh, you know, Alan Moore promoting, you know, the philosophy of do what thou wilt through V for Vendetta in the graphic novel. It's been called the Shakespeare of graphic novelists and so forth. Uh, Grant Morrison, uh, we show him talking to a bunch of kids and encouraging them with a picture of Alester Crowley in the background with six 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 hundred, encouraging them actually to follow Alester Crowley. Uh, we're, you guys, it's not some little satanic cult. It's so mass in the influence that Satan's having on our youth today. Check this clip out. Morrison's objective as one of the most respected icons of the comic industry today appears to be to influence his young and impressionable audience into becoming a bunch of disciples of the Satanist Aleister Crowley's teachings and practitioners of black magic. I guess, I don't know, is there any practicing magicians in the audience? Put your hand up if we got any. Yeah, come on, bold. A few. Okay, by the time we finish this, you're all going to be practicing magicians. He said Alistair Crowley's got methods for contacting alien intelligence and for changing the world. Is he talking crap? So I did it. And no, he's not talking crap. <laughs> right? And we can all do it. I found out that if you do these things that you're told by Alistair Crowley, by Wilson, by all these people we read and all these people we've been consuming, but we don't do it. If you actually do what they say, things happen. Things occur exactly as it's described, and we can all do it, and it works. This magic works. Incredibly, Morrison not only helps indoctrinate the unsuspecting masses through his comics, but he actually teaches his fans how to do Crowleyan magic techniques and sigil magic. Keep reducing it down until it looks magical, and there are no rules for this thing. Do it until it looks magical. At that point, you now have a sigil. The sigil will work. You can project desire into reality and change reality. It works. <laughs> wow. I mean, you have a guy promoting that. But, Joe, I, I think, and I got to get the thumbs up. We are live here. So I'm going to make sure we have the Rich, Richard Metzger quote. I want to yeah, make sure we, we do have that. And if you didn't think Grant Morrison expressing very clearly how much the magic of a Lester Crowley works and how everyone should be practicing this magic listen to the way that his friend describes also exactly what these comics really are 
I think when he's working on the corporate trademarks, the, Mar the big Marvel characters, the big DVC characters that he works on, he has a responsibility to those trademarks and to that corporation, obviously. So those works are not as transgressive as perhaps his other work, his more personal work is. But still, these ideas do get smuggled in. You know, you have to look at Grant's work as like, a, it's a bullet with a candy coating. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that a, 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 you know, a kid can read it, they're, you know, and, the, and the, their parents will never be the wiser that their kid's getting their mind good and Joe, that's, Joe, that's, uh, I mean, you don't have to say it. It's not satanic panic. It just seems like you're pretty blunt about this. Yeah, it, it's reality, guys. And we point these things out. That's why I think uh, we, by the grace of God, we've have been a reputable ministry doing this for years and years and years. Is we, We've got the goods, man. We say, hey, this is what's going on. And the, thankfully, there are a lot of people still in the world who are concerned about not wanting their kids uh, shot in the head with candy-coated bullets that'll get them nice and blanked up, you know? And thankfully, there's some people with a spiritual pulse that actually care about their kids. And But most folks don't know this. Most parents don't know this. Uh, that's what happened during COVID is many parents started seeing, uh, you know, uh, Disney talking about, you know, some of their executives talking about how they were putting all this this propaganda in their stuff and nobody's trying to, nobody's even stopping us, you know? And then people started to wake up a bit and we're thankful for that. But it's interesting because sometimes it comes, as he mentioned, Richard Metzger, more subtle in Grant's stuff. But listen to what Marilyn Manson said with regard to his promotion of Satanism. He said, I incorporate satanic philosophy more times, more times subtly than others. It gets across the philosophy without the name Satanism. After people get close to me, I then let, know, let them know my affiliation with the Church of Satan. You guys, so there's a lot of people that they're calculating, they're manipulative, and they're trying to promote Satanism in all kinds of different ways where you wouldn't even typically recognize it unless you are in the Word of God and you're seeking God and you're crying out to the Lord, help me to test everything, hold fast to that which is good, and being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit prompts you that this is wrong and, and grieves you, turn away from it and pray for strength. Uh, another good example we should use, Chad, before we end this show as far as, uh, you know, expose, and we get into the question and answer part of it, I think is... Uh, uh, because this is something I was exposing in the 1980s, and this was something that was considered satanic panic. Uh, in the 1980s, I was exposing uh, ACDC, ACDC's influence on children with regard to Satanism. Many young people were getting into Satanism, thinking it was cool and everything else. And it's interesting, I read a book uh, or an article, this is one of many articles, which warned about satanic panic uh, even after the, uh, after the 80s because it's still this accusation stands today. Uh, and I, this article states, I remember being told by more than one member of the allegedly moral majority about the perils of heavy metal music. And I distinctly remember hearing multiple times that hidden beneath their body a barroom uh, tales of, of drink and debauchery, ACDC were actually hellfire spitting Satanists and their name was an acronym for Antichrist Devil Children, Antichrist, devil's children. Well, you know what's interesting? I that was going around in the 1980s. But guess what? Something I never said in any talk I ever gave because I I I'd heard it, but I I looked it up. Nope, can't document that. And that's and because so what happens here? This guy kind of just says it's satanic panic because of this accusation. Remember the illustration I gave later. What if somebody said, well, the Nazis they're bent on evil, they're involved in the occult, and they want to kill a bunch of Jewish folks, but and SS stands for sons of Satan. Then you find out SS doesn't stand for sons of Satan, so you just dismiss the whole reality. And that's exactly what people do here. They say, ah, since ACDC probably doesn't stand for Antichrist Devil's Children, 
They're really not devilish at all, and it's just a bunch of satanic panic. That is such a surface-level understanding, which is embarrassing if it wasn't so calculated and part of the, the mass uh, propaganda. Now, you'll see way back in the 1980s, um, that's a long time ago, Chad. I used to say I'm getting old now. I just got to say, hey, I'm old, man. Uh, in the 1980s, uh, uh, this was produ- uh, actually done, this video presentation in the 1980s. I think we put it out like 1990, a couple years after it was shot or so forth. But here I am talking about uh, the connections that are very real. And before you see this, uh, uh, Ray Garcia was one of the Night Stalker's uh, closest friends, if not his closest friend. And he said, yeah, the Night Stalker, who was born in El Paso, Texas, uh, ended up murdering at least 15 people on a murder spree he went on in the name of Satan. And I pointed out that he was heavily influenced by ACDC. Ray Garcia came out and said, yeah, he was that, he, that was his favorite band and so forth. But check this clip out. Right here, we have Hail Satan. This is from the LA Times. Yells suspect in killings. They talk about Richard Ramirez and they call him there the Night Stalker. And he's holding up his left hand. And if you could see, see it clear enough, you'll see a circle with a pentagram upside down and a symbol of Satan. And if the LA, I don't know why the LA Times didn't print it as some newspapers did, but there's 666 underneath that star as well. He was saying, Hail Satan. He was a follower of Satan. Before he went on his killing spree, he was following, or I should say, he went and visited Anton LaVey. Okay? Then he went on his, his killing spree. But who was Richard Ramirez into? Who was he a fanatic of? He was a fanatic of this band, ACDC, Highway to Hell, and other albums. He was a confessing Satanist and killed several people. But at one of the murder scenes, he left his ACDC hat. Okay? The links were obvious. But it's interesting that... Richard Ramirez did not refer to himself as the Night Stalker. He referred to himself as the Night Prowler. In fact, during his arraignment, he said, children of the night, he said, don't repeat the mistakes of the Night Prowler. Why did he, why did he call himself the Night Prowler when everybody else was calling him the Night Stalker? ACDC has a song called The Night Prowler. Well, Joe, since we have to be careful because we don't want videos to get taken down instead of us playing as you do in the presentation uh what we're going to do is have you read some of those lyrics so you guys can see the clear connection uh with richard ramirez being as he calls himself the night prowler rather than what the newspapers called him the night stalker yeah i'll just read some of the uh uh words from acdc's song the night night prowler as and it's interesting the media started calling him the Night Stalker instead of the Night Prowler when he referred to himself as the Night Prowler. Hmm. Might that be a little disinformation disconnected him even from ACDC? I don't know for sure. Uh, so when I don't know for sure, I just said, hmm, maybe. But uh, this is the reality. The song Night Prowler, which he called himself, he says, and a chill, the song says by ACDC, and a chill runs down your spine. Someone walks across your grave and you wish the sun would shine. No one's going to warn you and no one's going to yell, attack. And you don't feel the steel till it's hanging out your back. I'm your night prowler, asleep in the day. Um, your night prowler, get out of my way. Look out for the night prowler. Watch tonight. Uh, 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 watch you tonight. Uh, the night prowler. A little bit further down, he goes on to state or sing. Uh, Was that a noise outside your window? What's uh, the shadow on the blind? As you lie there naked like a body in a tomb, suspended animation as I slip into your room. I'm your night prowler. Break down your door. I'm your night prowler. Crawling across your floor. I'm your night prowler. Make a mess of you, which Richard Ramirez did with 15 plus people. Yes, I will. I'm the, I will, uh, the night prowler. I'm telling you uh, this. Uh, there ain't nothing you can do. Now, it's quite amazing when we think about that. 
Now, it's interesting, Angus Young, after all the connections, you know, he admits he's a full fan of, uh, of Angus Young uh, uh, and ACDC. ACDC praises Satan in their songs. Uh, he has a baseball cap of the night uh, of ACDC. He leaves that, you know, all these connections. Uh, he's, you know, basically a worshiper of Satan. Uh, Angus Young, the lead guitarist of, of ACDC, said, said at the time, I don't know why they zeroed in on us. I could never see those connections myself. Uh, and then the media runs with that. Oh, well, he says he doesn't see any connections. And the media, which is supposed to be doing journalism, uh, connecting dots, isn't connect the dot that, hey, his hat's left here, his friend says this, uh, he's actually doing what the Night Prowler song says, and he actually calls himself the Night Prowler. There might be some kind of connection, do you think? No, you don't hear that. It's interesting, uh, regarding Satanism, in a 1985 interview with Hit Parader, uh, Angus Young said, it's like I'm on automatic pilot. He says when he plays guitar, he runs around like a maniac, you know, frothing at the mouth practically. By the time we're halfway through the first number, someone someone else is steering me. I'm just along for the ride. I become possessed when I get on stage. Brian Johnson, who is the second singer for ACDC, uh, said of Angus Young, quote, he's got uh, the devil in his fingers. And the song, Hey, Highway to Hell, uh, says, Hey, Satan, paid my dues playing in a rocking band. Hey, Satan, it says, paid my dues, playing in a rocking band. Hey, Mama, look at me. I'm on my way to the promise. And I, woo, I'm on the highway to hell, highway to hell. I'm on the highway to hell. And that's song appropriately called Highway to Hell. And the song Hell's Bell says, I'll give you black sensations up and down your spine, which is what this music does. Chad and I were immersed in this type of music before we became Christians. And it does move you deeply and powerfully because it's a satanic spirit that comes with the music itself. In fact, Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin, the second biggest band of all time, said that they're able to use chords, uh, you know, chord changes and so forth, where they're able to get people into trances at their concerts, folks. Hell's Bells, I'll give you black sensations up and down your spine. If you're into the evil, you're a friend of mine. Uh, see my white light flashing as I uh, split the night? Because if good's on the left, I'm on the right. I, I won't take no prisoners, won't spare no lives. Nobody's putting up a fight. And that's largely what's going on in the world, in fact, un unfortunately. I got my bell. I'm going to take you to hell. I'm going to get you. Satan, get you. Hell's bells. Hell's bells. Satan coming. Uh, hell's bells ringing for you now and on and on. Uh, yeah, but they're not into promoting Satanism. You know, it is such a, a sad joke a lot of times. And, you know, with so many people, you know, when you see these things, all the excuses that are given, it really is a, a frustrating thing. And whether somebody that is clearly aware of what's going on, like an Anton LaVey, like an Alester Crowley, like a Helena Blavatsky, like of, you know, Alice Bailey or whoever mm -hmm. you want to talk about that turned Lucifer into the good guy, whether they are them or whether they are foot soldiers for the enemy, just That's like right. we were unbeknownst to us, not realizing that we were being used by him in that Prince capacity. He's the prince of the power of the air, and you are either a child of God or a child of the devil. And First John three makes that very, very clear. As well as, so does Second Corinthians chapter six. You're either the temple of God or the okay. temple of idols or yeah. demons. Not that every single non-believer is possessed, 
but they certainly have the capacity to because they don't have the Holy Spirit residing in them. And so these things are really important to talk about. I know we talk about really heavy subjects, and uh, I know that this can be a tough transition from the heavy subjects, but this is important because the whole reason for exposing the unfruitful works of darkness, as it says in Ephesians 5.11, is to get you down to verse 13 and 14, where it's when these things are exposed, then Christ will arise and shine in people's hearts. Amen. And just like for me, as we already mentioned in the show, I came to Christ from recognizing all this wickedness that was going on, that it wasn't just, you know, our brainwaves going back and forth. It's not just electrical currents. It's not just your feelings or whatever that is. But ultimately, there is a spirit behind all of this. And not just one spirit, but he uses other spirits as well, lying spirits, familiar spirits. And he uses those spirits to keep people from the kingdom of God. And so what we want to do is make sure you guys are pointed in the direction of Christ. And that's the most important thing. This has been Pastor Joe Schimmel and Chad Davidson. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this special live edition of the Good Fight Radio Show. We love you guys. God bless you guys. You've been listening to the Good Fight Radio Show with pastor and author Joe Schimmel and host Chad Davidson discussing contemporary issues in light of the Bible and how they relate to family, culture, and the church. To learn more about Good Fight Ministries, visit us online at goodfight.org. Join our growing social media family and consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash goodfight.